Hey everybody, New Age November is trekking on. We got another episode for you today, right Rosie? That's right. <laughs> We're going to continue on and today we are going to discuss yoga. Yoga and the New Age movement. So it's going to be a fun one. So I would just say, sit back, grab a coffee and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. What's up, warriors? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I'm Turner, and I'm with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Yeah? Yeah. Did you have a good week? Yeah, it was good. Awesome. I indulged a lot. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, was it your Mardi Gras? Your personal Mardi Gras? Yeah, Fat Tuesday. <laughs> You want to talk about that for a second? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess. I, today's the first day of a 90-day program that I'm doing that one of the aspects is aestheticism. Okay. And it's intense. Okay. Like, what do you... Yeah. What do oh, you, should I read it? So, yeah. Well, I got, yeah, if you I want. Got, I get invited yeah. by... I'm the only Protestant doing it. Okay. They're all Catholic dudes. And it was so Catholic. We had, like, a group uh, video chat. Okay. Like a bunch of them. And three of them... Out of the f- five, including myself, so there's five five guys. Okay, and three of them are like, yeah, my seven kids. <laughs> so and they're your age? No, no, oh, okay. I think they're a little bit older. Okay, but yeah, so it's a ninety day spiritual exercise they call it, called Exodus ninety. Cool. And uh, yeah, so I was gonna say I the practices are insane. You have to pray an hour a day. Okay, that's that's this'll, always helpful. This will be interesting, though. Maybe to tie it in today. Yeah, you have to spend at least twenty minutes of that. Okay, in contemplative prayer. Oh, yeah, you have to do that. Okay, so it was good so far today. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. did it today. So yeah. you started today. So you yeah. spent an hour in contemplative prayer. Uh, yeah. No wonder you were so feisty when you came in when I, <laughs> we were talking this morning. Yeah, but dude, check this out. So yeah. these are the aesthetic practices for, for Exodus ninety. Okay. You have to take sh- cold, short showers. <laughs> I took one today. Okay, it was pretty bad. <laughs> was, I would say, what was that like? It was not fun. Did you, did you, uh, do you have to wake up at a certain time and all this? Are they like dictating your clock through? Like, your... no, no, no. Okay. Um, practice regular intense exercise. Okay, did that today. You did? Yeah, hit all the right. gym. All right. Uh, it says get a full night's sleep. Uh, you have to get at least seven hours. Okay. All right. Now the biggie stuff. Well, the, the shower kind of sucks, but yeah, that does suck. No alcohol, which isn't an issue. Uh, no desserts or sweets, which isn't an issue. Uh, abstain. No eating between meals, so no snacks. Okay. Not really that bad. No soda or sweet drinks. So no Coke Zero. Ooh, that's why I didn't that's drink one today. Okay. So is it the caffeine or or sweet? It's the sweetness. Yeah. Okay. Can't have anything. So water in my green tea. Uh, yeah, for three months. Yeah, abstain from. You don't drink coffee, do you? No. Okay. Because I'm a strong man, and I don't <clears throat> need no coffee. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, no television, movies, or televised sports. Ooh. Yeah. No video games. That's a tough one for you. Yeah, I didn't think it was that much. Why don't you just bring your Xbox over to my house? Just drop it off. 
Then you won't. Yeah, you, could, you won't even be tempted. Yeah. And just give me your account. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to be playing I'll, under my account. I'll destroy. You'll, get, you'll I'll get so many. Yeah, you'll destroy my KD. Yeah. <laughs> and you will get just nonstop the angriest messages. Okay. From, from probably leftover from ones I sent. <laughs> I just always get angry messages. Uh, and then not, no, it says abstain from non-essential material purchases. Okay. Which non-essential material. So it's anything you can't, I can't buy anything. Right. So no, no guns, no, nope. no fun stuff. Nope. I can only, what about live- Christmas? You're going to do this through Christmas. Well, that's essential. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. My birthday is somewhere in between. That's right. Our birthdays are real close to each other. Yeah. Let's not give away too much, but yeah, it's yeah. in the, it's in the 90 days. So does this mean I don't get a birthday present? Yeah, obviously. I said non-essential. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, Did yeah. I tell you I'm doing the Exodus 90 also? No, I'm just kidding. Give me. <laughs> just want to buy you a birthday present. Or, uh, yeah, and it says only listen to music that lifts the soul to God. Cool. Kanye cool. album on repeat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the Kanye West album. We can now say I can listen to Kanye West album. There you go. No, uh, you could listen to it before. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, you mean, but... I couldn't listen to like all the other Kanye stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but the, the Jesus is king. Yeah, I for sure. That. Yeah. Uh, only use the computer for work, school, or essential tasks like paying bills. Gotcha. Only use mobile devices for essential communication. Non-essential texting, app, and internet use is prohibited. Ooh. Any fast two days a week. Okay. So it's intense. Yeah. What days are you going to fast? Did you figure that out yet? It's Wednesdays gonna... and Fridays. Okay. Man, so what's your ultimate hope or goal for doing this thing i don't know (laughs) (laughs) uh so i don't know yeah you want to just be able to hear the lord clearly yeah more clearly yeah okay and you know there's stuff going on that i you know more discipline yeah more discipline you're probably you're probably gonna lose some weight going to the gym every yeah you know know, every day you got to do exercise of some kind i think it's at least three times a week cool i'm gonna do it every day i try cool man yeah, because I'll have so much free time. I won't be doing anything else. <laughs> yeah, no video games. Might as well go to the gym, right? Yeah, it's going to be reading. I've already read one book I know. <laughs> since I started today. <laughs> it wasn't that long of a book, but it was, I read a book. Yeah, that's awesome, though. Yeah. Well, I did a twenty-one day fast in February, and I'll I might do it again this February. I don't know. Um, and I did everything but coffee and water. You did full. F- but you did full fast, no food. Yeah, I was. Uh, I did permit myself to be online. I didn't do. I don't do a lot on social media, anyways. Yeah. I mean, like I run our Instagram account for the podcast, but I do like one or two posts a week, and I'll make yeah. comments here and there. Um, the most time that I spend online on social media is like when I'm laying in bed, yeah. like trying to fall asleep. I'll just go through the stories and let them just play. I don't even have the volume up, so I don't You're even... you watching, yeah. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, so it wasn't too hard for me to avoid a lot of that stuff anyways, because I just don't have a big habit of it. Yeah. Like, I'm just not a big social media person. Yeah. But uh, the food part was, after three days, you don't even get hungry. Oh, three yeah. or four days, you're just not hungry. So That's good to know. So maybe in February, when you're ending yours, I'll be starting mine. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll do that again. But That'd be good, Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's crazy. That's cool, though. So keep me in your prayers, people, because yeah. that's not easy. I should be asking you to pray for me. You're going to be spending an hour a day in it, so yeah. you might as well be praying for me. 
Yeah, that'd be cool. So don't, uh, yeah, I was going to say, so hopefully, uh, I think the podcast will count as some extent of re- research for the show. Yeah. But in this particular episode, you're yeah. going to be doing. Hey, I did. Let's, yeah. But we got some stuff like, did you know? And oh. Like, what do you know, man? Yeah. Like, we got a baby update to do. Oh, so. are we going to do that? Are we going to do the baby update now? We can do it later. We can do it. We'll put it in later. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Well, hey, did you know that the Di- babies that Disney used to own the rights to Insane Clown Posse music? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. It yeah. doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. It, they own I mean, everything. Yeah, they own everything. So why not the Insane Clown Posse? Yeah, but they they uh, they uh, got rid of them in 1997. Wow. That's why because, they just disappeared. Because this one album was coming out, and they're like... I remember that one, the controversial album. Well, all of them are. Like, Wasn't yeah. there? Didn't their label drop them? Yeah, Disney. So, did, what, what, was the, what was the name of the label? Do you I don't remember? Know. I think they made some new one. Like I think cool. it was DreamWorks. Probably. I think Dreams, DreamWorks was Disney's yeah. record label. Hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah. So they, uh, so they used to be owned by Disney. That's crazy. Yeah. Insane clown posse. I couldn't tell you one of their songs. I mean, I just remember them. They were scary. Uh, nobody likes clowns. No. Nobody. I, I like. They have a couple of songs that are pretty good. I saw the funniest TikTok today um, yeah. of a guy drops his jewel. He's trying to put it in his pocket. He drops it down to the sewer, and and the clown from It is in the sewer. Yeah. And he starts like, do you want this jewel? And he's like, "This I have so many flavors down here. And the guy's like, hey, man, can you just hand it to me? Like, I just dropped it. Like, I don't, like, you're kind of strange. And, the, and he take the, the, the It character takes a hit off the jewel. Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, and he like blows the smoke into his face, and he goes, "That smells good, doesn't it?" <laughs> and he keeps calling him uh, Charlie. What does he call him? Uh, what was the kid's name from it? What was the kid's name from it? That was the. Fr- I, don't, I don't remember. Georgie. 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 Yeah, he yeah. keeps calling him Georgie, and he's like, "Hey, hey, dude, quit calling me Georgie. Nobody's called me that since I was like four. <laughs> and he's like, "My friends call me George." Like that. And then, uh, and then finally, uh, he was like, uh, the the guy was like annoyed with them, and then, uh, and then finally, the 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 it character was like, uh, all right, hey, look, I got some really hot vape girls down here. Do you want to uh, come down later and some sewer chicks like that? And he was joking. And the guy's like, no, I'm going to be going over to Bill's. And he's like, oh, maybe I'll see you there. And he's like, yeah, okay. And then he like pops the lid off of the sewer and helps him get out of the sewer. And he's got just the makeup on, but he's wearing like normal clothes. <laughs> it's the craziest TikTok I've ever seen. It was really funny. You know what's even funnier? That was a lame story. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just spent like two minutes longer. Aren't TikTok videos like ten seconds long? You spent No, like, it was it was a longer one. It was uh, long. I don't know. It was probably a couple minutes. Maybe okay. a minute. It might have been Instagram like IGTV <laughs> or something. I don't know. I was gonna say you spent probably like exponentially longer to explain <laughs> it than it was long. Uh I'm just giving you a hard time. You do. You... Also I picked up uh <laughs> I, I that gave me time to look up baby up. Oh, okay. Let's do it now. We ready? Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. All right, we're at week 28, correct? We are at week 28. All right. I think so, yeah. We are in the third trimester. All right, dude. We finally made it. Coming to the end. Um, babies as big as an eggplant. All right. Yeah, so throw out those eggplant emojis. <laughs> <laughs> um, Whatever. Yeah, so it says the baby is, it's third trimester. It looks like a baby. And there's not a lot of stuff it says that it's updating because everything's pretty much formed. Yeah. It's just getting bigger. Yeah. So 
and people just, that are anti that are like cool with killing babies even in the third trimester yeah like yeah you got to think that third trimester is not really a lot of progression going on yeah so the baby that leads you to believe that so here's a like a okay. good argument for you third trimester the life of the mother's in danger yeah yeah this baby could live oh, outside yeah. of the womb at this point with the proper medical you know i think attention. they just didn't they just have a baby that was like 22 weeks that they saved? yeah yeah my my nephew was 26 weeks yeah if i'm remembering correctly he was the size of my hand yeah incredible and now he's like my size yeah <laughs> he's just full grown amazing yeah yeah so but that's the that's that's just yeah well i'll, I'll say this that do you know how many times the life of the mother right has ever uh here's a fact for anyone yeah. Don't. Never. It's never. <laughs> never ne- happened. It's never happened. They've never had to abort a baby to save the life of the mother. Never. It's never happened. So it's a it's an argument that was a straw man. Yes. Mm. You know why? And you can say the differences. And so here, here's a little apologetics for, uh, since this is a whole pro-life portion anyways of yeah. the show. Yeah. There's a difference between aborting a baby, which is like cutting it up into pieces. Like we all know what abortion is. You cut, right. they, they stick things up, they start grabbing. Ripping it apart. Rip it apart. Yeah. Right? That has never had to save the life of a mother. Now what they have had to do, which is different from abortion, is they've had to do like an emergency C-section where they or induce labor where right. it's not 100% that the baby's going to live. Right. In the, the, actually, to, the baby's life is in danger. Well, they would say like, oh, the mo- there's complications. We have to get the baby out because the mom could die. Right. That's not abortion, gotcha. though. Yeah. So they'll like do a C-section. And then if the baby doesn't make it, so they, but they don't pull it out and cut it up into pieces. Right, right, So right. the baby can survive and they can save the mother. Sometimes the baby doesn't live. Yep. But that's not abortion. And sometimes the mother doesn't live. Right. But that's so not the fault of the it's baby. It's not abortion. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We're pro-life. We always will be. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we were, uh, so we're in, still in our New Age November podcast series. So we're going to continue in with that. And last week we had, uh, we were, let's see, we did, we started off our New Age November with the Enneagram. Yeah. Amazing. It's still getting tremendous traction. And uh, a lot of people enjoyed that. And we got a lot of crazy feedback. We've talked about that a bunch already, though. Um, and then last week, what, what we were, I'm trying to remember off the top. It broke down like the new age beliefs. Yes, the basic beliefs of the new age movement. That's right. Yeah, and like history behind it, origins and all that. Yeah, and uh, gosh, the week goes so quick and so much happens. I almost forget what we did. It's so crazy. But there was there's a couple aspects of the new age that we wanted we wanted to cover because not only are they more common, but they're actually becoming more common in the church. Much like other aspects of the new age are trying to infiltrate the Christian the Christian church. And um, one of those is yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about yoga. And so I wanted to start off again, the same in the same sentiment I had with Enneagram. If it's something that you practice right now, I'm just the one giving you the information. I'm the messenger. Don't hate on me because this actually is the facts. And I will say, as I did with that one, I don't care. You can yell at me. I'm going to say, stop doing <laughs> yoga. It's evil, and you shouldn't be doing any of this. Well, we can't necessarily make that determination until after we read our, read what the information I found. Okay. Well, 
I'm so. sorry. Just skip over that part and listen for the reasoning <laughs> as to why I would say that it's evil and you should stop no, doing it I'm immediately. With, yeah, I agree with you. I, I listen. You don't. You can be the nice guy. I'll be the bad guy. They can yell at me. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Yell at Rosie. Send your emails and your hate hate stuff to him. Yeah, because I'm not going to see him for <laughs> three months. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. He's handling all of the bad uh, email and, yeah. and messages on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the the yoga um, aspect of the new age movement because it's it it is it's sort of a new phenomenon in a recent phenomenon I'd say within the last thirty to forty years of yeah. where it's really gotten traction. And what happened was historically, if someone wanted to learn the practices of yoga and how to do yoga from from the the way that it was originally practiced, they would have to actually go over to India or go over someplace in the Far East and they would have to find a yogi and be taught the practices and the methods of the meditation and the poses and all of those things. And then it began to infiltrate the United States through the 70s. We had a big health move movement um, through aerobics and all of that stuff. And uh, this is back when Arnold Schwarzenegger was Mr. Universe. And, mm. you know, there was just a big movement in our culture in the United States. And that opened the doorway for this to be brought in as some sort of health and wellness um, connection through, uh, through, through yoga. Now there's like hot yoga where you go in and you sweat in a room and you, you know, supposedly lose weight and all this stuff. And, um, when you begin to like pop the hood on yoga and look at what's going on on the inside, you might have a different opinion about what you feel about it. And, and I'm going to answer a couple of these common responses that I've gotten from people when we've talked about and discussed it. One of the common responses I get is, well, I don't do it for the Middle Eastern spiritual practice, or I say Middle Eastern, but the Eastern spiritual practices. I do it for, you know, I focus on something else or I do it you know, I don't, I don't do the same methods mm. and I'm going to address that a little bit too at the end. So we can, and listener, just listen with an open mind. That's all I ask. Listen with an open mind and an open heart. And if you sense, and especially if you're a Christian and you sense that this is something that would displease God and grieve the Holy Spirit, then just stop. Like, yeah, like that's the best advice I can give you. Just stop. Yeah. Like stop what you're doing. I will say with, a, you should not have an open mind, and you should just stop it. <laughs> just stop it. Well, when I say open mind, I mean open mind to correction, open mind to gotcha, you gotcha. could be wrong, open mind. Like, well, that you are wrong if you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the podcast is over. That's, uh, we're done. Right, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not like we're out there asking people to smoking that sticky, sticky green stuff. It's true. Right, I had yeah. to fit that in. Yeah, so we got it in, good. Okay, good. All right, so um, I I used a couple different websites. We'll put those links in our notes, liner notes of the podcast, so you can have access to them as well if you want to do your own research. And I, as always, we always recommend do your own research, look for yourself. But um, traditionally, yoga is and it was. Uh, from India, and it was practiced by a couple different various forms. There's different forms of yoga from India, and uh, but there's a couple that have taken root here. In particular, there's one called Hatha Yoga, which is um, the most common physical form of yoga. It's, it's the kind where you have the yoga class down at your local rec center, sadly at some churches or whatever. And this is the typical type of yoga that you're going to find in a, soccer moms. Soccer, soccer moms, moms yeah, you know, people that are, 
in recovery of some kind, like bad back or whatever. They, mm. They're told to go try yoga. And, and it's more physical than it is spiritual in the sense of uh, what the focus is, the aim is. Um, and then there's other types as well that you can find that, uh, that are more focused on spiritual, and we'll talk about those in a minute. But the goal of yoga, the, the word yoga itself, it literally means to yoke. And, um, and it's, it's a, it comes from uh, Sanskrit, and mm-hmm. so it's either to yoke or to unite or to tie together. So it's this whole idea of coming together, something's... Uh, the body and spirit. Yeah, it, there, there's a connection that's happening. And uh, the question you have to ask is, what are you yoking? Yeah. What are we yoking together? And um, the, the, I'm just going to read this. It says, the purpose of all yoga is union with ultimate reality, usually seen as the remote Hindu god or the impersonal god or the divine force through the realization of the divine god self, often called self-realization. Mm. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is that uh, yoga has its roots in Hinduism and in Buddhism as well, but in Hinduism primarily. And so the whole idea of this whole Hindu th- religious thought, spiritual thought is, go ahead, you're going to say something. Well, I was going to say, yeah, we broke it down last week, so they should be aware. Yeah, to, it, if they didn't listen to it, but... You should go listen to it. <laughs> go listen to it. But uh, the whole idea is like, it's this whole, you're, you, can, you can actually become God, you can ascend to God. You can perfect. You can connect through this, uh, through this spiritual practice, and mm-hmm. emptying yourself and getting in connection with the God around you and all of that. And so, this is a, a major practice for trying to accomplish that goal in mm-hmm. a person's life. It's a major practice of. Um, it's it's got a huge role in that. It's in fact, it would be probably the greatest role uh, in the New Age in this sense. So. This is why you're leaning like this is evil. This is wrong, right? You know, mm-hmm. like why would you? Not only is it a pain to do, and it's painful to do. Yeah, <laughs> I tried yoga one time. I've tried a couple times. Yeah, it just sucks. It's the worst thing ever. Um, some people love it though. They just tortured themselves. So, um, the whole idea is that uh, Hinduism, which is what yoga is from, is an integral part, and it teaches the innate nature is that our innate innate nature is God. And this knowledge can be realized through the training and refocusing of the mind as seen as the cause of our bondage. So our mind, our self, is holding us back from becoming something greater, reaching nirvana, if you will, you mm-hmm. know, which is the ultimate goal. So the whole idea of yoga is to put a person in a place where they can open themselves up and connect to something greater than that's outside of themselves so that they can actually transfer up into a higher realm of existence yeah so that's what they would say um so it's important i I was going to say like the thing i didn't i didn't know that's what yoga meant but the union of yeah the the body and the spirit of it's not god i mean it's right some evil thing just right for people didn't pick that up right right it's It's not it's not it's not christ it's It's not not the holy spirit right uh you're connecting with this thing and uh yeah the self-actualization that is I don't want it to be understated that it, it's very anti-Christian, obviously, because it's a works-based thing. We broke it down last week of the religion behind it, that you are able to do deeds and reach uh, really what they want to do through these, you know, we're talking about ascension into planes of existence and stuff like that. Yeah. It's all like 
altered states of consciousness. Um, that's one of the reasons like the hot yoga, why they do that is because it's a different plane yeah, of, well, of like yourself. Your mind being... goes to like an altered state of consciousness, a different state of consciousness, which is um, accomplished drugs, you know, like that thing. Yeah. That's what you people that do hot yoga and stuff like, or yoga in general, that's the aim to get outside of themselves and get into the, some other connection. Yeah. So various yogas are designed to accomplish this, this, you know, elevation yeah. that you're talking about. Uh, so one of them is called, I'll just name them off here. One of them is called um, Bhakti. It's B-H-A-K-T-I. Bhakti, yeah, bhakti. bhakti yoga, which teaches devotion to a guru or a god. Karma yoga, which emphasizes right action, which the word karma, right? Mm -hmm. Raja, R-A-J-A, yoga, which teaches discipline for focusing the awareness on the point without wavering. And then Hatha yoga, which we talked about, which is the postures. And all these are combined are used as meditation practice to control breathing and uh, get yourself into a meditation state to where you can, um, you basically, uh, you can overcome the lower self and become a divine god. That's really yeah, what the it altered, is. yeah, exactly. So, so there's the different kinds of yoga, and so you, depending on who your teacher is, if you go to one of these classes, you don't know necessarily what kind you're going to get, what the focus will be. You know, I suppose the one that's more of like the Raja, which is more of like the focus on like discipline for awareness around you, is probably more meditative, less less movement you know i'm guessing because i don't do it but um from my understanding every it's it's in so even though those things are different like uh schools of yoga or whatever like that yeah so i, I would say you know so someone's gonna say okay well i just go to the the uh, no one goes to ymca anymore right um yeah. like i go to gold's gym or curves or wherever and do pilates and pilates is kind of similar but um i do this yoga and all it is is stretching and they play like you know like whatever the weird sitar like music oh, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You know, all it's, this stuff and then yeah. like burn incense or whatever. Right. So like, that's the Americanized version of it. Right. Is that again, and, and the, it's important to know what's behind it. Right. In order to see that, because that's one of the things like I, I've seen that people say this whenever I've said, Oh yeah. Yoga is like totally demonic and you should not do it. And they're like, Oh, but it helps my back or, you know, right. Do oh so we're gonna let Hindus have the monopoly on stretching, right? That's what they'll say. Like <laughs> right. oh Christians can't stretch or whatever, right? And you're like no no no. There's a re there's reasoning behind it. So like some positions, like I don't know downward dog. I don't know many of them or right. whatever. Some I'm trying to think of some weird name, but I can't think of child's pose or something like that. Right? Those can have legitimate therapeutic value in physical therapy they'll have you stretch in certain ways and those just right. happen to be a yoga pose or whatever right but it really does help your back so that's not bad right but you have like as you read through all those different things so that's the americanized version right but they'll give you a little bit of like i, I, I don't know what you're going to read but like the oming and when you're doing the breath work yep. and stuff like that that raises a lot of other stuff right so what I was going to say, it's great that you brought that up because it's it's talking about the Hatha Yoga. It says Hatha Yoga, yoga uses various postures called asanas, A-S-A-N-A-S. -A -A yeah, and uh, it says many asanas are based on postures that honor Hindu deities yep. 
who manifest themselves in forms such as the sun, the tiger, the tree, the snake, etc. Asanas were designed to aid meditation and to strengthen the body for the strenuous mental exercises. That's from a guy named Furistein, uh, page 24, if you're interested. <laughs> but it, it's, uh, it's helping the realization of the true divine self. And, and it, it says eventually to Samadhi, S-A-M-A-D-H-I. These words are horrible for me because, first of all, I stink at that. <laughs> but I'm trying to do the best I can. So if yeah. I'm butchering them, forgive me. But Samadhi, the union with the divine is what that's called. And so you were talking about like when the un, like the or like what's the purpose behind? Like there's a purpose behind the pose that is to bring the person into an actual deity honoring position. Right. And so like think of it this way. Um so the Bible talks about praying with hands raised yeah. or bowing down you know, or prostate on the ground, you know, on your stomach, you lay down and whatever the, the, the positions are that are offered in the Bible for people to pray to God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can do a, a, a study on that. Those are designed and they're not necessarily prescribed, but they're designed as a response to a person who's, who's in one, one with God, praying to God, and they're designed to help that person or to demonstrate something going on deeper. Right. And so this way, in the same way, like when you think about like the tiger, the sun, whatever the, the deity is, excuse me, whatever the deity is that's, that's being honored in that position, the snake, the tree, the tiger, um, those are going to invoke a spiritual response. Mm -hmm. And this is where it gets dangerous because you don't even realize that you're conjuring a spiritual thing that is connected to the action. And this is something that I want to point out to us. A lot of Christians today, because of the churches, have failed to teach accurately what true spirituality is. They fail to remember that there's things that we do in everyday life that are very, very spiritual. Mm -hmm. I want to um, point out that we have our culture today has lost the understanding that sex is a spiritual act. Yes, it's physical. Yes, it's pleasurable. All those good things. God designed it the way he designed it, but there is a spiritual side to sex that is lost in our unbelieving world, and in our church largely has been, they've lost it. They've, it's become a morality issue rather than a spiritual issue. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is, we've talked about this on other podcasts, especially with Rob Kowalski when we were talking about why waiting works. Yeah. There's something that, they, that they've dubbed soul ties, where you have sex with a person outside of marriage, and there's a part of you that's connected because the Bible says that sex is a spiritual act and the two become one. And so your spirit becomes one with another person's because God designed sex to be the, the thing that helps that happen, right? Yeah. I'm not going to go off on a sex tangent. Um, we might talk about the Kama Sutra. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, what my point of this is is that, that there is a spiritual side. The same thing would be with drugs. Yeah. The word pharmakia in the Bible is the same word that's translated in Revelation as divination or sorcery or magic. And so we know that magic and sorcery, those are spiritual acts. They open you up to the spiritual realm. There are certain drugs that open you up to the spiritual realm. That's why we say pharmakia because drugs is the translated Greek word from that. And so now you understand that drugs, drug use can have a spiritual side to it. Sex has a spiritual side to it. And what's happening here is that when you practice yoga, there's a spiritual side to it. Mm -hmm. You may not notice it, you may not recognize it, 
You may not sense it. Okay, a lot of people don't sense that their soul's being tied to another person when they have sex outside of marriage, but you, when they break up with that person down the road, there is definite well, problems that can connect to that, well, right? And within marriage too, you're saying, yeah. Well, you bring it into the marriage now. So well, you no, go you, to, you were saying that sex only has a soul. I just want to clarify. Well, the protection. The, so God designed covenant marriage as a protective measure to keep that from happening. So that when I do have sex and I'm one with my wife, or my if you're a woman, you're having sex with your husband. Don't point at me. No. <laughs> it, when you're with your spouse in covenant, it's protected. So because of the soul tie, the soul tie is protected because of the covenant. Right. The covenant you made to God is that you'll honor, cherish forever. You'll stay with them. You'll love yeah. them. No, just move right. On. Do you get what I'm saying? I understand. Am I missing something that you're saying? Yeah. What am I missing? You were saying that. The reason you shouldn't—I just wanted to clarify that you said sex outside of marriage, you get a soul tie and you carry that around. Well, you also get a soul tie when— Exactly. You're right. I, I meant to say— Right. You're right. And that's the same thing with, to a lesser extent, pornography is your— Yes. The act—so it's not—I just wanted to clarify right. and speculate a little bit more In to fact, open it up. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm actually doing a little bit of research on the side on the spiritual effects of pornography. Oh, it's terrible. On believers. So yeah. I'm kind of trying to help figure that, because I think I want to do a, an episode on pornography Sweet. Yeah. at some point. But so, but yeah, th that's what I was going to say. That's why we would say that God made it such a special a covenant that he blesses and everything like that, because he knows the power of just the physical act, blah, blah, blah. Right. So that's why you, the closeness that is meant to be only with a husband and wife. Right. And one, one, you know. One person, one, yeah. two people, yeah. Um, because of the spiritual aspects, that's why you don't have right. premarital sex that's because right. there is the soul tie, right? And so, just as sex is the the um, vehicle that God uses to connect us in this, to use it opens you up to the spirit realm. Yeah, is yoga is the vehicle that's used. These postures yep. that you take are used as vehicles to open you up to the spiritual realm. There's a spiritual connection that can happen. Yeah, and so. And to say, well, I don't feel it, or I'm not, that's not my intention. That's like someone having, <laughs> like, I'll use a very crude example. That's okay. like someone having sex saying, well, my, I just think she's hot. I'm going to have sex with her. I have no spiritual, like, this isn't going to go anywhere. I'm yeah. not worried about that. This was a one night stand or whatever. This was just, we were just having fun. We drank too much, whatever. Yeah. That's like the same mentality of saying, well, I want to do yoga, but it's not a spiritual thing for me. Right. Well, no, it is. It is literally, it is incepted by spiritual things. So. <laughs> Very well said. You, you can't yeah. con, you can't disconnect the two, unfortunately. Yeah, and which is inner. I mean, just the name yoga yeah. union. There is union. The... Yeah. So uh, let me just read something else by this guy, Jake J. Gordon Melton. He's he wrote the New Age Encyclopedia. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> it says Hatha Yoga can be can be thought as a means of attaining union through developing control of the physical body. So he, they're talking about incorporating the physical body in for the purpose of a spiritual result. Mm -hmm. and he says, Hatha Yoga uses various postures called asanas. I think I just read this. Never mind. I just read this about the tiger. The, sorry, I didn't move my, uh, I didn't sc okay. scroll up. I was going to say, uh, this brings into mind something else that um, you might have not thought of just because of the movements as well. Yeah. The, there's another thing which is from further east than India. Um, I, I'm going to sound really ignorant. I think it's China. Okay. I, I think that's where uh, Tai Chi. And all those. Yeah. So Tai Chi is something that's 
uh, just the part that you read, I'm happy you reread it, is the controlling of the body. So like Tai Chi would be, sorry if there's any people that do stuff like that as well, which is another Eastern thing that has come to America. Yeah. Which is like these slow uh, or key key jong or something. I can't remember what's key jong. <laughs> I, I can't remember no, what the. I have no clue. So you're. It, it's yeah. something like Tai Chi, um, where they do very slow, deliberate um, postures and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's almost like martial art movements in but slow like, motion. In slow motion. Yes. And the whole thing about that is that the the mastering of the body, like by doing this really slow. You're moving, they they would say like the life force, the chi. The chi, yeah. The chi, you're actually being able to... The feng shui of your body. Yeah, yeah, more or less <laughs> that you're able to control it and you do get this power over your body. Right. So it's the same thing. It's, I yeah, just it's, wanted to point out that it's another thing that came to mind that like Tai Chi and all these other um, well, you, things... Well, you're doing a fast of asceticism to control the flesh, <laughs> yeah, right? The flesh. But not in the same way I because I turn everything over to God. So hopefully... For him to be the master, no, I don't want any control over this. It's uh it's an, oh, it's denying myself to get more of him. Amen. So and that's that's, a, that's, that's a good point. We're going to talk about that too. All right, cool. I just got a little note from uh, our audience here. <laughs> tai Chi is the most dangerous martial arts when practiced at full speed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a joke or true or not. <laughs> no, it's true. Oh, it's true. Okay, yeah. cool. So, um, so you know, we already talked about how yoga's got its talons into the United States health mm -hmm. industry. And what's really funny about this, uh, I, I have actually read um, reports of true yogi masters or whatever, people yeah, that are yeah. into it, they're so annoyed with westernized yoga oh, I'm sure. because they feel like it's just, it's almost like making fun of what the purpose of it is. Like most, a bunch of people are missing what it could be the for them. Right, yeah. Well, that's why... Like, so it's mocking. It's actually mocking. Absolutely. Because, yeah. I mean, and the reason that they would say that is because they look at it. That's like us... Uh, oh, oh, communion, right? Oof. Okay. So this Oof. that would be like making fun of communion. Someone... Uh, like I, have it at a bar. At a bar. Just in the, a corner. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, pray to, uh, you know, like... Pray some to Jesus. Yeah. Pray to so-and-so. Here's, the, you know, a cracker and something. And, and if that's the whole extent because you're missing... It's not just the physical act itself. There's so much more spiritual behind it. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. So the divine breath or prana is the next thing that I want to talk about here. Okay. Um, the breathing techniques or pr yes. pranama, pr pranyana, it's P-R-A-N-A-Y-A-M-A. -A -A. Don't look at me. I know. It's just <laughs> the way they, they just start adding letters. It's yeah. like A-N-A. -A. I like the A and the A. Let's add it, throw a couple N's and no, A's. No, no, no. Uh, it says, the, the prana taught along with yoga are based not on physical laws, but on the spiritual idea of prana. Prana is, in Hinduism, the divine breath of life. Mm. Infused throughout the universe, it is the cosmic breath of which man has become out of tune. The pr pranayama is, the, is like the asanas, is accompanied by certain... Physio-co-mental phenomenon. That's a crazy word. I've never seen that. Hmm. Hold on a second. Psycho-mental phenomenon. Psycho-mental. <laughs> yeah. so, I am so horrible. That's all right. Uh, I can read. So it's the brain oh. and the body. No, that's what they mean. <laughs> right, yeah. It says, through the use of pranayama, it is believed that 
One is enhancing the flow of the life force. Breath control and breathing exercise often include light trance, a light trance to the practitioner. So essentially what we've talked about is positions. We've talked or we talked about origins, where it comes from, what it comes out of, the purpose behind it, and then the, the use of physical positions and posturing to open up that connection, make a greater connection. Mm-hmm. And then now they're incorporating breathing techniques as well to uh, to then further on that that uh, psychomental phenomenon, which is so now you're go- moving from outward physical to inward, and now it's even more like I guess emotional and well thoughts. So I was gonna say, I from my understanding of yoga, the more the breath work yeah. is like the really big aspect of it because you have the body put in positions, right? Okay, right, whatever. You could make the case that oh, I'm stretching. This just happens to be a yoga position, but this is what helps my lower back. You know, my yeah. L3 and L4, whatever. Right. That's, if you do well, this. It I was just going to tell you, my, um, my chiropractor is a believer. Yeah. And um, we, you said something on an episode a couple, a couple episodes ago about, <laughs> oh, yeah. about chiropractor and holy, uh, homeopathic, whatever. And I, chiropractic to me is not a uh, new age thing. Um, it's alignment of bones. Yeah, I, I just read so, that. That's what it's that, the, yeah. the piece I read said that that was one of the things that came in with the new age. Right, but I can see why new agers would like it, especially yeah. if you practice yoga. And one of the things that my chiropractor, who's a who's a believer, he's literally laid hands on me and prayed for me before. He's a great guy, yeah. amazing guy, and a really good chiropractor. Um, he said to me to stretch a certain way on my back. He taught me a couple stretches and both the stretches that he gave me are actually yoga poses. Yeah. One is where you lay flat on your stomach all the way down and then you do like a push up but don't lift your body up. Yeah. And so it puts all this back alignment push back down and Yeah. And then the other one is the downward or the dog where you like downward hunch. Dog, yeah. yeah. And so he said to me, but he explained to me the physiological reasons for it for mm-hmm. my particular back issue right he's like what it's gonna do is gonna pull this muscle out here it's gonna stretch this it's gonna loosen this bone these bones that's gonna stretch them so that then the nerves are not touched you won't feel as much pain yeah and the less pain you feel the more you're gonna get on the the pathway to healing yeah and so he there's like a logical reasoning behind it it's it's actually helpful right so that that was the point that i I was making earlier is it's okay right for certain things obviously there's probably certain moves that you're directly you know, harnessing the trying to right, yeah. uh, give, you know, a, I don't know, pr- like if you made the hands out to the side like Jesus or something like that, if that was a thing that we did, right? you know, in honor or remembrance of, you know, I'm just trying to make up something right, like right. that, the equivalency, you might not want to do like something like that. But the point I was uh, that I was going to make about the breath is that the you can do breath work on your own. And this is another thing that, uh, I don't, I don't know if it's very popular. I, when I lived in a different area with a lot of new age people, mm-hmm. there were breath work classes. You can go do stuff like this that is deeply connected to yoga. You just read it. Right. Is you have the physical and the breathing. The breath work, you can actually go into altered states of consciousness. I know. Just from breathing. Like I, I, I was going to say, I've done breath work before and... Uh, I've gone into altered states of consciousness from just breathing a certain way. I'm right. not going to tell you how to do yeah, it. Yeah, you slowly, Yeah, it's a whole meditative it, practice. Yeah. But yes, it, it's focusing on the breath and everything like that. So that combined with the body movement is important, but the breath work is more of the bigger thing, I think. Yeah. 
So that is don't discount it. I don't know if you're they just work gonna, hand in hand for yeah, sure. Yeah. But I was gonna say the breath work on its own can lead to the altered state of consciousness and the watching of the breath and right. feeling of the life force. So I, I just wanted to make and sure you didn't gloss over and it. And it's legit. Like I mean, so an ignorant person, a believer, a Christian, could enter into a yoga situation and maybe the teacher's teaching them how to stretch and also teaching them the breathing, and they can sense they can go have a spiritual experience and maybe even think that it's good christian yeah Yeah. it's a good thing like i am i'm communing with god in a way that i never have before Mm -hmm. oh yeah you're communing with something (laughs) like you never have before because god wouldn't commune with you that way yeah necessarily now people will say no it's my interpretation whatever and so this is the thing i wanted to talk about for a minute and this is the question can someone reject the spiritual teachings of yoga but practice the physical movements and the positions and this is the answer. I love, I found an answer and I'm going to read what okay. I found. And I love this and then we'll expound on it. It says, as Swami uh, Sivananda Radha, <laughs> Swami Sivananda Radha, um, another well known yoga teacher, has said in the book, in his book, asanas are a devotional practice. Each asana creates a certain state of mind to bring the seeker to a closer contact with the higher self. So that's important to understand that it was literally designed to open you up to a spiritual thing. So when yes. you say, "Can I ignore the practice of the physical, you know, the spiritual side of it and do these physical?" The physical is part of reaching the spiritual. It's literally connected. It's like um, some sort of process where you do A, B, and C, and then D results. Mm-hmm. It's all part of it, and you can't take out C and still get. And you, you'll get to the same place. It just doesn't matter. And uh, and so he states that the remarkable growth of Hinduism in the 70s and the 80s must must in large part be attributed to the spread of Hatha Yoga from the 50s in the 60s, that yoga classes were offered by Hindu groups in the West to raise money to recruit potential members. Uh, there are other options uh, for exercise or for body shaping. Yoga is not the only one available method. And I want to resort to, I want to share a story from this woman, Jessica, who we're, we're hopefully going to have on at some point, she was uh, a Reiki master and, and Reiki. I... Reiki. What is Reiki? Yeah. Re- Reiki, Reiki master. I always say things wrong, but you know That's what I mean. Right. A Reiki, Reiki master, and she was also a yoga, you know, like she went over yeah. and learned in India and all that stuff. And we're going to have her on at some point. She just had a baby and she's trying to get her life sorted out with all her schedule. Yeah. But I really want her to speak to that, but... um her situation was she was raised in a Christian home in her testimony. She was raised in a Christian home. She got into college. She kind of drifted away from her faith, didn't continue in her faith. And she got involved in a relationship. The guy broke up with her. She was heartbroken. And she had someone sharing the truth with her. A, a Christian friend was sharing the truth with her. She ended up out of her heartbreak looking to try and soothe the pain. And so she got involved with yoga. Mm-hmm. And she found this nirvana experience. She didn't reach nirvana, but this nirvana ick experience yeah. experience and she felt like that was an answer for her and um and so what she did is she sought out a spiritual healing for something that was emotional and all of that and it was beginning to have an effect on her um and it wasn't until she truly came to Christ and through a friend of hers dying in a in a bad motorcycle accident and she truly came to Christ and she realized that that was at that moment, she had experienced oneness with God in a way that she never yeah. experienced in in the in yoga practice or anything like that. And she realized that that was a false system. 
Mm-hmm. It was a false, you know, God that she was worshiping. All of that was wrong. And as she read the Bible, it was pulling her away from those things, and she felt conviction. And so her, she was sort of liberated from this practice, mm-hmm. you know, because you. And and here's the other thing, and the, and I'm just going to throw this out there. For Christians, we're saved by grace through faith, not by work, so that no man can boast. It's it's easy to say that yoga would be a works based practice to reach a spiritual spot, a spiritual condition. It would be works based. Yeah. I got to go pose. I got to go work. I got to do this. I got to you know. I got to get my mind in the right place. I got. It's all these gymnastics of stuff happening to try and reach this spot where you can connect in a greater way with you know quote unquote God, mm-hmm. right? But. Ephesians tells us we're saved by grace through faith, not through works. So there's no work that we do. We're, it's actually a gift of God that He comes to our world, enters our world, and brings us into into salvation, not for anything we do or offer. In fact, we couldn't be good enough. We couldn't be good enough, of, or we couldn't do enough to earn that place that He offers to us by the work He did and accomplished on the cross, opening the door for us to have a relationship with the true and living God. And so that's the one thing that we that gets lost in some of this. It's like a spiritual thing. It's spiritual, spiritual. There's lots of spirits out there. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think, again, to harp back to the episode we did before, is when you say, like, it's a works-based thing, I don't want to keep repeating the whole thing about Christian, blah, 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 blah. Right. But you remember that this is a Hindu thing, and the Hindus believe in reincarnation. That's true. So it's yeah. the, it's a karmic... Uh, that's exercise true. that they're trying to raise their awareness or raise their thing to it. So you have to tie it in. Yeah. You, one of the most important things when you're looking at all this other stuff is we try to, you know, obviously we want to show you, you know, it's infiltrated the church, but it's bad. Now we're going to get into it. But you have to take it um, not from a Christian perspective because you won't grasp everything. If you look at it from the lens of Christianity, you have to, understand the stuff from the way they understand it right so in the realm the realm of how is this a spiritual act of doing something or a work it does have it that doesn't make sense to us you know because you would say oh so if i didn't pray or you know uh i'm trying to think of like the equivalent of you know because someone could say oh this is just like praying for a christian they're not saved because they pray every day or take communion or even are baptized you know that's just an act of faith or what you know something like that it's not a works thing right you you won't get saved because you pray on its own and i don't so doing the yoga and stuff like that you have to understand that it's not in the same way that we believe christianity is saved like that you have to understand it in the realm of well, to, hinduism to reach nirvana you got to go through all these things you got to do those things if you want to reach nirvana you got to engage it so you got to pose, you got to work, you got to well, empty your mind, you have to do the the breathing, the you know all of that, right? It's all part of it's all part of the it's part of the per, the the practitioner's work in to, Hinduism. To I right. just I'm just right. trying to say So my in my mind I was thinking of the believer. Right, that's what I'm saying, saying like prayer cuz it Yeah, go ahead. In my say. life, I was in my mind. I was thinking like the practitioner, if they want to reach, God, even even if it's not a believer, it's someone who just really wants to try and reach. God. They're a spiritual person. They just have a spiritual hunger. Yeah, this is a lot of work. When what I'm what what's offered to us is the work is already done. You can find the one true living God, not some false God, 
of Hinduism, you know, not some, you know, pagan thing. Yeah. You're going to, you can find the true living God. Well, the, the reason I was going to clarify is because I wouldn't agree that it was a works thing. Oh, okay. So that's why I clarified you have to understand it in the realm of Hinduism, not as a Christian looking. Yeah. In, the, I mean, in I our same realm. I was putting Nirvana and salvation on an equal plane in that, Which, in that, in that thought that I had. I know they're not equal. Yeah. I understand that. But what I was saying is to reach Nirvana for someone that's practicing the new age is equally as important as someone who finds salvation. Yes. I mean, they, they have it. That's their goal. Yeah. My goal is to enter heaven. Right. So one is based on proper emptying of myself and getting line, you know, my breathing right and doing these works, their works. That's what they are. Versus offering the free gift of salvation to me through the work of the cross, and I can actually into a, enter into a relationship without works. It's by faith to receive it as a free gift. That's all I was. That's all I was pointing out. Okay. I mean, you can you could pick it apart all you want, but that was my that was my basic argument of that. Anyways, <laughs> all right. Um, so the, there's some the big questions about like you know can I practice if like what if I'm a Christian and I've been doing yoga for a while and I haven't really had a, this nirvanic experience or these things? Is it okay for me to continue to practice that? And there's just a couple of verses I want to share with you. One is um, is out of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 17. It says, What do righteousness and wickedness have in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? What agreement is there between the temple of God and of idols? For we are the temple of the living God, and God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. That was what Paul wrote in, in 2 Corinthians to a pagan culture that were doing, they were practicing pagan rituals and to find God. And right. he's like, come out from them. You don't have, you know, light and darkness don't have the same. And this is truly, it's not birthed out of the light of of, of the creator. Mm -hmm. So I would just throw that out there for you to, you know, um, chew on a little bit. Um, there's another verse that I, I would say for the believer, and that is, 1 Corinthians 10, 23, 24, it says, Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything's permissible, but not everything is constructive. Nobody should seek his own good, but the good of others. And I would connect that to this, that if you're a mature, if you consider yourself a mature believer and yoga is in your life, you allow yourself to practice yoga. What about that immature, that young Christian or that person that's got a spiritual, that's on a spiritual journey? What, do you, what message are you sending to them? In particular, if you're a pastor and you have authority in a church, a local church, and you're having yoga practiced in your church, you need to stop it. That's an abomination to God. You're inviting in false gods. You're literally doing false worship in your church, and you need to stop it and repent. Yeah. And you need to just get rid of it. I mean, there's just no, there's nothing there. But everything's permissible for the believer, but it's not beneficial. And that's the that's the part that people get hung up on, and they want they need to understand that, yeah, you can do this. It's not going to wreck your life. It might. It could. Is it beneficial? Like, why would I go and it's like it's like you know the argument for uh, people that that are in Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever. They're like, if you would have told them when they had their first drink that they would end up where they are, where their marriage was destroyed, yeah. their job, they lost their job, would they have gone down that path? Right? You know. Mo nobody's thinking that way when they start 
with their first drink. Mm. You know, they're not thinking it's going to ever end up like that. In the same way, there's people that are thinking yoga is never going to, it's not going to harm me spiritually. It's never going to end up in that place where I'm like literally inviting, trying to find nirvana. Yeah. You know, where I've sidelined Christ and inviting and, demonic yeah. spirits. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, I'm literally communing with spirits. So, um, First Corinthians ten thirty one and thirty three. Whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews or Greeks or the Church of God. Even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. So, um, I think there is a way to do the stretches and to do the the um, tonal, the work of the physical side of things, mm-hmm. and not involve. The spiritual side of it, and I think if you if if you do it simply as stretches and incorporate it into a, another part of your workout regime or wh- whatever you're doing, I think and if it's needed, well, I, you know, like I was gonna say, certain poses. Yes, I agree. Is not don't don't take that as again because we already answered that question. Can I do just the poses? Yeah, of the, the yoga aspect. Can I, you know, pray to God? You know, pray to Jesus while I'm doing. In a yoga class, no. Yeah, I agree with you. So, yeah, I was gonna say, do you have anything about the OM? Um, or that's I I did some research on meditation, and that's more on the meditation stuff. Um, well, how about I'll go into it. This okay, go it, for it. it. It is directly tied with yoga. Yeah. So the OM is a very simple sound with a complex meaning. It is the whole. This is what it means. It is the whole universe co- coalesced into a single word, representing the union of mind, body, and spirit that is at the heart of yoga. Oops. <coughs> Look, at the, the Hindu gods are getting at me because they're exposing <laughs> it. Um, it's often chanted three times at the start and at the finish of a yoga sex- session, and the sound of Om is actually three syllables, A, U, and M. And here's the power of Om. So the, I'm reading this from a yoga website okay i got a point with all this om is an ancient mantra that is used in hinduism and buddhism among other faiths in the hindu tradition the sound of om is said to contain the entire universe it is the first sound from the beginning of time and it also encompasses the present and the future as such its importance and power are difficult to overstate it is also a seed syllable used as a building block for other mantras in the chakra system, it is connected to the Ajna chakra or the third eye, which represents intuition and self-knowledge. Hmm. Om and yo- this is in the yoga. In a yoga setting, the chanting of Om at the beginning of a class ushers practitioners into the time and space that is about to be spent on the mat or in meditation. Likewise, an Om at the end of class signifies that your physical practice has ended and it's time to re-enter society. Chanting with a group of people also serves to unify the group and create a sense of community. Hive mind. Yes. <laughs> As you feel the vibration of the chant and lose the sound of your own voice among those of your classmates, it's possible to feel at one with other people and even the universe. Hmm. Uh, here's says about some science. The scientists have researched the effects on the brain of the vibrations created by chanting. A small 2001... Oh, sorry. 2011 study as well as a 2018 follow-up evaluated the effects using ohm as a mantra by taking functional magnetic uh, they did an mri scan of the brains of participants as they chanted ohm 
and also the sound s s s s as a control. So they have the ohm, and then they have a meaningless sound. Right. So they're comparing the two. The brain activity that the researchers observed during the ohm period was similar to that created by uh, vagus nerve stimulation, which <laughs> is used to treat depression and epilepsy. Oh. Although these results are considered preliminary, they still offer scientific support for the positive effects many people experience during the chanting of ohm. And uh, the ohm symbol is the one, the the Hindu, you've seen, you guys have seen it before. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to say that this is another important aspect of yoga that obviously they do in yoga. And it's part of the mind, body, spirit union of yoga itself. And the whole thing is, um, so they, they try to give meaning to it. It's the, the word at the beginning and it encompasses everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. But on its own, it really doesn't mean anything in practice. And they, they'll, you'll hear Medita- meditation people they'll, they'll say like you know just focus on your breathing and oh you know ohm yeah it'll just you know go into it ohm ohm and just make this very dull sounding sound and obviously there's stuff with you said the hive mind where as a group the power of the chanting whatever you lose physical self you mm-hmm. the separation you know which is all about hindu is you lose the distinction of personhood, you know, your individuality. Yeah. So it's there's sort of some, like a trance, like hypnotic. Absolutely. Because you focus on a thing that on itself is a nonsense word. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And you were talking about second Corinthians. There's a bunch of verses that even the small aspect, and this is why it can't be overstated enough of how evil yoga is, is just this meaningless word that doesn't mean anything has great implications and all this stuff. I was going to bring up 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Uh, but we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. Here's the key part. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Yeah. So just the fact, so right there, we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. When you do these meaningless repetitions of words and sounds, that's anti-biblical. You're not supposed to just think meaningless right. things and chant them, right? Because the whole purpose of this is that it doesn't mean anything, right? So it's d- directly and explicitly anti-Christian. Um, yeah, I mean, the psalmist wrote the the meditation of my heart and oh shoot, what is it? It's Psalm. Yeah, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. I think it's Psalm one forty or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember the. Psalm. I don't remember it. Oh, uh, one fourteen, maybe. I don't have. I don't, know. I don't have my Bible on my iPad yeah. here. But anyway, so that was my point. Uh, I just didn't want to overstate the other the, the aspect of the ohm, which people you may not even pick up on because, like they said, they might say at the beginning and the end, but there is deep spiritual significance to it. Yeah. No. And, I, yeah. For sure. There's no question about that, and it's all part of working together. Yes. It all, they all piggyback on one another. They all work together that way. I wanted to just check this psalm real quick while I'm I pulled this up. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll have to find it later. Um anyways. Uh when you talk about meditation and that's where a lot of that comes in. That's where the the breathing comes in and that's when the om comes in and the emptying of your mind 
that's where that part of it comes in uh, outside of the positions like you move into position or whatever hmm. so that part of it with when it comes to the meditation part of it i i think that part of it is is probably way more powerful uh for a person for a believer of of damage than than the other part of yeah. it i think because that is actually moving you into a into a practice of actively opening up the door for the spiritual side of it to to have access to you and the the biggest thing i can say about for meditation because the bible this it can be confusing for a christian because we're told to meditate we're told to meditate as believers we're told as believers to meditate on god's word to fill our mind and our heart with god's words so that we would not sin against him we would we are to fo- meditate on his his words day and night mm-hmm. you know um Deuteronomy talks about one of the instructions to the Israelites were to, they would actually like speak about God's commands and his love daily on the way to school, on the way back, when you're, whatever you're doing. And so there was this, there was this all encompassing kind of focus. And so it would, it would involve actually filling yourself up. You know, um, when you get into the New Testament, Jesus himself said, if any of you believes in me the way the scriptures say, out of you will flow torrents of living water. In other words, believing, you take in something, there will be a result out. And yeah. it's a communion with God. The, the torrents of living water is, is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. So you have more of God's presence, his spirit, when you believe as the scriptures say. Mm-hmm. So the scriptures go in. They have to fill you up. You have to get your mind focused on those things. Whereas this... This Eastern yoga meditation, this whole New Age practice, is emptying yourself. It's literally emptying your thoughts from anything else. Yeah. So that something else can be introduced into it, which is kind of scary to think about. Yeah. You know, it's almost like, hey, I'm gonna just lay down all my my ideas, understandings, beliefs, and I'm gonna let something that I can't see uh, or control uh, begin to speak into that. <laughs> right? Right. Isaiah said, "Come let us reason together." Right? He's yep. talking about let's have a let's have a discussion about these truths and let's reason together. And so there's a dialogue that happens, there's engagement that happens, there's thought process, there's filling up in, in the realm of the believer's life and the Christian's life versus this which is you in you empty it out. This whole practice you there's visualization visualization that connects with these things in your meditation practice. And so um, all of these things work together, and they pull you away from what is reality and truth. They really do. They pull you away from it. Yeah. So, you know. I was, I was, yeah, I, I was trying to think of this. Uh, I can't think of who said it. I thought it was C.S. Lewis, but I guess it, it's not. That he says uh, one of the things, uh, uh, it might be Chesterton, um, that like having an open mind, is oh. worthless because it it has to close sometime on something. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I yeah. understand what you're saying. Yeah, I couldn't think of it, but yeah, you don't want to let your mind. There's a specific focus that you should, like you said, take each thought captive. Yeah, don't think of these worthless things. It's unbib. It's explicitly anti-biblical to have these <laughs> fill your head with nonsense and emptying of it. Yeah, so, right. That's right. Um, so th- there's a lot of talk about meditation with the ego too, like where they get rid of the ego 
and um, like this whole idea of like surrender your ego and yeah. So that, that's what they're talking about the uh, the, the non dualism that we're all as one. Yeah, monism that non dualist non dualistic monism, which is what Hindu is. Hinduism is is that all is one and we're all one and we aren't individuals. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's yoga in a nutshell. Um, every time I say that phrase, I always think of Austin Powers. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if you know that scene, but... I don't recall that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a funny movie. Um, so it has its practice in, in Eastern religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, and uh, the practice is a spiritual practice designed to move a person into a place where they are opening themselves up to a spiritual realm that is not the realm of God and his kingdom and his truth. So that, Christian, for you, is why yoga is something that should be avoided as a believer. <laughs> and that is why we will say that here, because literally the origins, just like the Enneagram, just like horoscopes, just like all that, they have nefarious origins that are designed to pull people away from the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing about this, is it's not the truth. So. You know why practice it? So stretch all you want, get your stretch on. That's fine, but uh, leave your mo your yoga mat at home. <laughs> yeah, donate it to the local uh, shelter or something. I don't know. Yeah, homeless people can sleep on them. That's right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, dude. That was pretty fun. Yeah. So New Age November is continuing to rock through, and um, I'm, I'm sure we'll have some pushback on this as much as we did with the uh, Enneagram because yeah. yoga has its roots in our culture and in the church, unfortunately, and a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of women mm -hmm. believers practice yoga. And uh, it just, I, I wonder if that's God's will for their life. I'll leave it at you that. can lose your salvation if you do yoga. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wow. You did. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm not an Arminianist, except when it comes to yoga. <laughs> yoga. <laughs> what is the only unforgivable sin? Yoga. Yoga. <laughs> <laughs> not blasphemy. No. It's yoga. So that's funny, dude. Obviously, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we will continue our New Age November again on our next episode. Uh, when? Oh, actually, it might be a couple weeks, but we'll we'll continue through this New Age topic. Uh, yeah. In the future, so. Um, and if you like this, share it. And I would say thank you for listening. But I also want to say, please leave us comments in iTunes. I have to remind our yeah, listeners. Yeah, because no one's done it. <laughs> no, no, we have. We've got every couple have we got months. Any new ones? Yeah, we got some new ones. Okay. We had a new one recently. Uh, in October was our latest one. Oh, cool. So it's been about a month. Sweet. But um, we, need some, we need some more that helps us. Beat, it does help us. Beat the techno algorithm. Listen, we're not asking for your money. Just hit right. five stars. Come hit five on. stars and say, they're cool. Listen to them. That's all it takes. That's right. That's right. We're not asking for money. In fact, we don't, we don't even do this for our ego in a new age way. Do no. we? No. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. It's fun to just get, in, get corrected by you all the time. All right. <laughs> what, me? <laughs> all right, guys. We'll catch you next time on All Out War. <laughs> have a good Thanksgiving. Have a great Thanksgiving. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. All right. See ya. See ya. <laughs>
Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.